Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I am Jake, and Chris is actually down in Daytona at Daytona International Raceway. So we wanted to make sure that we got something out for you guys on Monday. So what we're going to be doing here is releasing a Patreon exclusive, one that we did a while ago, a few months ago, I believe. So if you're not on Patreon, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash overcrest and support the show for as little as $5 a month. You can get these exclusive content and history stories like you're about to hear. And you also get uh, some additional content. You get uh, some stickers and some swag. And if you uh, join us on the top level tier, you can even get a personalized uh, print from Chris. So that is very cool. Before we get into it, though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Omaze. So what or who is Omaze? Omaze is a fundraising platform that offers once-in-a-lifetime experiences, including dream-worthy cars. And so far, they've actually raised over $130 million for charities around the world. And right now, Omaze is giving away a fully restored 1968 Bullet Mustang. So this is a 600 horsepower Mustang that was built by Richard Rawlings and the guys over at Gas Monkey Garage as a tribute to, of course, the Steve McQueen Mustang that he drove in the movie Bullet. And I really do like this thing. It's got the original 394 big block engine with the four-speed manual trans and, of course, those classic torque thrust wheels and the green paint. It's, it's awesome. I would love to win this thing. I imagine I'm probably prohibited from winning, seeing as how they're a sponsor of ours. But if you did end up winning this thing, Omaze is awesome. They, they cover everything, including shipping and taxes, so you really don't have to spend a penny and don't have to worry about it. The best part is that every donation goes to support the Gas Monkey Garage Foundation, which supports causes like empowering veterans and supporting Alzheimer's research. So head over to omaze.com overcrest to check it out. And with a donation of $10, you are entered to win. So that's omaze.com overcrest. Also, be sure to use the code overcrest50, that's overcrest50, to get 50 bonus entries. All right. So like I mentioned, this is a Patreon exclusive episode that we recorded a few months ago, and I will get right into it. It is the Hecken Sheben Weisse. Enjoy. I got a really cool history story for you today, and I teased it a little bit on Instagram this week. It is the Heck. How many times did it take you to practice that? And you know what's awesome is that you're not using a German accent as you say that, which means you're growing as a person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into it. Chris, it's no secret that Porsche has brought forth a long list of innovations over the years. And I'm going to apologize right up front. Oh, no. I hope everyone is a Porsche fan. If you're not, well, you'll be even if you're not a Porsche one. fan, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's interesting. You know, history, everybody but always that will be this one considers this a Porsche podcast. And but it's I don't more, like that label. I don't either because we do talk a lot. We do talk about Porsche a lot, but only because that's what we drive. You know, it's what we're, it's, and we it's do have kind a lot of, of our his, passion. Right? We do have a lot of history, you know, kind of going stuff, you know, episodes about Porsche stuff. But, you know, I mean, in a couple of weeks, we've got any, anyway, we don't need what to talk about <laughs> 
we've got anyways whatever yes there's going to be some porsche content here so it's no secret porsche has brought forth a long list of innovations over the years right i mean the technological advancements shown from their time in auto racing alone is enough to fill a book and there have actually been many books written out there about right. just that topic and let's not forget i i kind of totally uh skipped my mind on this one when i thought oh yeah Porsche Design is also a subsidiary of theirs right. with award-winning product designs and everything from watches they have some to forklifts. Do you really? know they've won design? A Porsche Design. Okay, wait, 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 wait. It's not actually a Porsche Design forklift, No, right? but Porsche Design like consulted on the build and I Does don't know. Does it say Porsche Design on I it? I don't think it says Porsche Design, okay, but I know Porsche in Design right was involved the... in an award-winning forklift okay. design. Um, Who gives you know, out that award? I don't know. <laughs> this is the best forklift we've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there has to be some sort of association out there. There is, there is. I mean, and you, it is kind Look of Look at funny. the aerodynamics on this thing. <laughs> you can get like the Porsche Design pens, the Porsche Design yep. toasters, the Porsche yeah. design. I actually don't know if there's a toaster, but the watches and everything else. So I totally forgot about that whole side. Some of the of new their Porsche business. design stuff is pretty pretentious. Oh, it's yeah. just really expensive and kind of over the top. But some of the classic stuff is really nice. What I liked Especially about the, the older watches stuff and the sunglasses, I both really like. Yeah, that's true. And what I like about it is they weren't trying to like play off of the brand of, oh, the exclusive Porsche cards. It was just another firm in their company that just did design work. Did you know that um, Audi, Volkswagen, Porsche, they're merchandise departments are a huge part of the revenue really of, yeah yes it's incredible i mean i've been i've been in talks with a manufacturer about doing a a road trip piece okay and doing a film with them with a manufacturer i can't say who it is sure but part of the deal is that i have to go this is our roof rack this is our <laughs> this is our this so if you can if you can imagine me wearing yeah, like a jacket with the brand are not good at I like know, product man. placement it's and not it's selling. not my thing that's not your job i just need somebody to give me a try to give me a key <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into that, Chris. All right. All right. So the innovation I want to focus on today, though, is arguably more influential and ubiquitous than anything else Porsche has ever contributed. Ever. Ever. The number one thing that they've ever done. Well, it's what, more... Okay. What they've contributed to the car manufacturing world. It's more ubiquitous. Okay. Is the term I want you to focus on, okay. right? Did you, did you want to use that word? Did you plan that? Yeah. It's you, written right here. Ubiquitous. Did you get your, your thesaurus No, I wrote one? that from the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. I'm a very well-cultured, educated person, Chris, <laughs> unlike some of us in this room. All right. It's also an innovation you never really would guess. So... In 1955, Porsche had already been selling the legendary 356 model for over a decade, and it was over halfway through its 76,000-unit production run. Did you realize they made that many of those? Not by the... Well, I guess that's why they're still rolling out as barn finds to this very day. <laughs> yeah, there's 76,000 of them out there to find. And the 356 proved to be a simple, lightweight, yet well-equipped car that became popular with many enthusiasts. One such enthusiast was <clears throat> Alfred Felix Alvin Krupp von Boland und Halbach. No way. That is <laughs> his name. Wow. Why do you have so many names? Uh, well, he's Alfred Felix Alvin Krupp von Boland und Halbach. What's the von part mean in people's I think it's names? From or is it from this part of the country yeah. or from? Okay. I mean, that's auf in german so I don't, the von is like specific to a naming because when convention. i think von i think of uh the von traps from the sound of music <laughs> <laughs> well also german so alfred as i will call him was a german industrialist Are you sure it's not alfred 
No, it's definitely Alfred. Okay. There's an I in there as well as an E and a D. I could say Alfred, but I'm pretty sure that'd be wrong. <laughs> so Alfred was a German industrialist, an Olympic yacht racer, and wow. he also happened to be convicted of war crimes during World War II, but that's not pertinent to this story. I just, that's just the caveat you gotta I say. I know. So it he, turns out you should brilliant, but a total asshole at the same time. Yeah, you, you shouldn't use Holocaust prisoners as slave labor in your factories. Oh. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. What is noteworthy, however, about Alfred or Alfred was that he insisted that all of his 356s, of which he did own many, be fitted from the factory with a Heck Schieben Weisha. All right. What is this? Now, as you can imagine, requests for one off additions to production vehicles don't usually amount to much, right? right? If you go over to, I don't know, insert manufacturer here and say, hey, I need Fill this car, but I want an extra headlight on it or something. But you right? won't get nothing. You, you won't get any. But the closest you can get is like paint a sample now. Right. You're not getting any special treatment but anymore. But that's kind of on the menu. Whereas this would be like a complete one off. Um, so no, that wouldn't usually amount to much, but when you're a well-known steel magnet and socialite, not to mention successful Olympian, Porsche seemed to be willing to make an exception. And so Porsche fitted. I wonder what kind of person you would have to be today to get an exception. Would Jerry Seinfeld go, Hey, I've got this GT3, <laughs> but I want to have a shark fin on the roof. Do you think that they would do it? Or I mean, how big of a deal do you need to be? I don't to get know. the, well, here's a perfect Case in point, the new Bugatti whatever $18 million car was made just for the CEO. Okay. Right? I suppose. But that's different because he's part of the company. I'm just saying a private citizen coming to you and saying, hey, you know, I really want this, but I want it to, you know. They would probably say, we can't help you, but here is our coach building partner. Back in the day, Porsche did special wishes. Back in the day. So you could do weird stuff. There was a guy who had a 930. Okay. okay, and he bought it in, I think, 88 or whatever, but he didn't get it delivered till 93, way after the 964 was already out. Okay. Because he asked for every single thing in the car, in the interior, to be wrapped in leather. Oh. Everything. The the bezels, the knob sure. for resetting the odometer. the I mean, every <laughs> single thing needed to be wrapped in leather. And they did it for him, but he didn't get wow. his car till like three for or four years later. later. And that car wow. actually exists. I should try and get that story out of somebody. But That's that is... A, they used to do stuff, so... I don't yeah. know. Well, in this instance, they definitely made an exception. So Porsche fitted the custom contraption to every one of her Alfred Krupp's 356 right up until his final ordered 356 SC in 1964. And as it turned out, this odd addition didn't go unnoticed. As other Porsche enthusiasts saw Krupp cruising along the Autobahn and parked along the street with his bespoke cars, many took interest in this addition. In fact, the factory began receiving an increasing number of requests for similar installations over the years. Now, being 1964, the famed German automaker had another model coming into production. So Porsche decided to design and develop a Heckschiebenweisha for the newly introduced 911 model and began offering it as a standard production option, starting with all 1966 models. Okay, so this thing... 
was introduced by this guy on this car and Porsche liked it. He's like, I it. want it. And, and Porsche then other liked people it so much. Are, well, it was more like demand. Like other people are like, they know this guy's cars around Stuttgart or wherever it is. And right. they go, you know, we want, we want that on ours as okay. well. And as it turned out, the innovation proved to be especially beneficial to another one of Porsche's endeavors, rally racing. One of Porsche's most notable wins in the sport the 1968 Rally Monte Carlo was led by a lowly 911T, a 911 that was notably equipped with this new device. Now, it wasn't long before other manufacturers began to take note of Porsche's offering. And in 1969, Volvo followed suit, adding their own version of the mechanism to the Volvo 145. By the mid-1970s, the Heckscheibenweiche became ubiquitous on hatchbacks, estates, and station wagons alike. Now, it is worth noting, Chris, that Porsche didn't invent this ingenious device. In fact, while the accessory dates as far back as the 1940s, they never became commonplace. In the mid-50s, interest picked up a bit in Italy, of all places. Okay. In 1955, actually, Ferrari installed not one, but two Heckscheibenweiche on one of their cars. Of course, they were known by a different name in Italian, but alas, the device fitted to the Ferrari 250 GT Europa, it didn't catch on. Then, in 1956, the noted design firm Pininfarina debuted a prototype of the new Lancia Florida. I love the names. They're so beautiful. Well, it's Florida, but it's Italian, so you say Florida. <laughs> I don't like that name anymore. <laughs> Notable, however, on the Florida was the inclusion of this now familiar mechanism. But still, the invention didn't catch on. Keep in mind, though, this was a time in Italy when even the side view mirror was considered superfluous. We don't like side view mirrors. We don't need them, so that's superfluous. So, of course, some other addition probably wasn't going to catch on. And so it wasn't until Porsche made the Heckscheibenweiche popular that it really became mainstream. The early designs of this invention contained pivot shafts that were fitted with inner and outer angled bushings that enabled it to be mounted on the edge of the air intake recess of the existing engine lids on 911s. Sure. A year later, as the option gained popularity and more and more people were ordering it, engine lid pressing dies were modified to incorporate integral mounting bosses for installation, eliminating the need for this intricate angled adapter bushing. These were included on each side of the lid to accommodate both left and right-hand drive vehicles because the device was now being ordered on cars worldwide. And since then, Porsche has remained a steadfast devotee to, have this, to this technology, offering the option on every single fixed-roof production model since its introduction. The Heckscheibenweiche, or rear windshield wiper, as you may know it, is as common today as ever. And one would hardly think of it as a technical innovation. Keep in mind, though, its inclusion on a sports car seemed rather odd at the time. But, and stick with me here, Chris, the rear wiper is a perfect metaphor for Porsche's philosophy. <laughs> Here's why. The 356 and 911 have always been the utilitarian sports car. Right. While Ferraris, Lamborghinis, early Jags and the like were, and still are to some degree, all high-strung, compromising, often temperamental machines, Porsches are something a little different. And as I said in the beginning of the episode, I apologize if it's getting a bit too fanboyish or aggrandizing of the mark, but 
you must remember that at the time, Porsche's cars were more capable and reliable than most family sedans on the road. First off, the typical German engineering and build quality was second to none. Also, being air-cooled meant there was no need to worry about overheating from a lack of coolant, as sometimes happened in the day. And let's not forget that the rear engine configuration lent itself to a better traction vehicle in a time when all-wheel drive wasn't really a thing. Sure. Then you have the long-travel independent suspension on all four wheels, which was still revolutionary. Four-wheel disc brakes? Four-wheel disc braced. And? What? A rear wiper. A rear wiper. It meant that these cars were tough, all-weather, go-anywhere vehicles. When viewed in this light, the rear wiper makes perfect sense. Therefore, the Heckenschieben Weisha is a functional reminder of Porsche's heritage and philosophy. And has become proof positive of whether people take care of their car or not when you go to buy a used car How all you so? have to do is if it's got a rear wiper on it <laughs> like a hatchback or a wagon or you know a, a porsche i guess whatever you go back and you look and see if that wiper has been replaced because that's, that's the last thing that's the last thing people are going to do they wear out <laughs> people don't use them and the little strip that holds the wiper on right always falls off if that's gone they probably don't maintain their car very well i, I really think that it's little details like that because i would never ever let that wear out Right. I need it. I use it. I right. in the wagon. It's so it's an integral. It's it's useful. It's it's got utility. And if it's worn out, person's just a jerk. They're just they're <laughs> not a good uh they're not a good maintainer of their right. vehicle. So the only vehicle what I thought found so interesting is since its introduction on the three fifty six, every single model produced by Porsche has at least had the option to have a rear wiper, except include this but this just goes to show how like across the board they were the only option or the only car that did not have that option was the 906 strasse version the 906 race car i was gonna look and see if the 959 had a rear wiper but i yes i bet it probably did i believe it does well, if you're going to have all that technology crammed into a car, you'd <laughs> you hate better to, have you better a freaking have... <laughs> windshield wiper on the back. <laughs> Let me look. I'm looking at the, the uh, another like crazy notable thing was the uh, 928 one. I don't know, man. No? I don't see it on it the was 959. An, it was an option, though. That's the claim. So okay. you could option so, your but, 959 But, but with nobody did because, I don't know, because they're stupid. Yeah. Uh, the like the what am I what am I thinking of? The 928. The uh, V8 yeah. front, you know, front engine car yep. that had this crazy weird pele- parallelogram wiper. So it had two separate shafts, and it right. has two. It's not a single shaft with like two bars on it. It had two separate like bosses machined into the rear panel, and they move like this for a single wiper that goes around the back. I wonder why they did that. My Mercedes on the front wiper has this super odd oval shape to the. It's a mono wiper, sure, but it goes up. <laughs> and then it goes down to go flat across the windshield wiper. <laughs> then it goes out again. So it does like a, a rectangle as it goes. And it does more of the, obviously it does more of the window, which is right. what you really, that's, really want. But I'm just watching why. the thing shaft back and forth. And you're like, there's so much oh, going man. on here. <laughs> that is totally going to break. So I'm surprised after this, I think you need a rear windshield wiper on your 911. Because this is kind of also your philosophy that's described to, right? Is like, take the car, drive the car, use the car. My buddy Aaron has a rear wiper on his 911 SC. Right. And and he's got a a front fog lights, and then he's got the rear little fog light in the back. Kind of all period correct stuff for an SC. And it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty rad. But I'm not, I am not going to do it. I'm not. I don't even know, am I going to need a different wiper stock? Is I'm going to have to wire it all the way back there? 
no. <laughs> no, it's it's not important. Well, regardless, hopefully you guys found that entertaining. 